Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you so much for this time for learning your word and to change our life. Father, we want to understand everything you say in the Bible and we submit to you, to your will, to your ways, Father. We want to feed our soul and spirit with your word and we want to change. Lord, prosper our soul first, Father, so that we can prosper in everything we do. We believe, Father, that this teaching will be the blessing not only to the uh, brother and sister in this room, but will be the blessing to other people as well who listen to this teaching through the CD or MP3. In Jesus' mighty, <coughs> in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have been talking about discipleship, and we will continue to learn about uh, discipleship. I believe you remember that Jesus' desire is to make disciples, not just so-called Christians. In fact, every believer should be a disciple. But unfortunately, not every believer, in reality of life, not every believer really wants to be a disciple. Even though they are not disciples, they still save because salvation comes by faith, through grace. People who repent and invite Jesus call on the name of Jesus, they will be saved anyway. But to be a disciple is kind of another level or deeper level or go further than just to be saved from sins and from bondage and uh, from hell. And I believe that you all will make decision to be a disciple. Thank God that I am not a full-time pastor. I'm not taking salary from the church. So you all can see that to be a disciple doesn't have to be a full-time minister or doesn't have to take salary from the church. I live a life of a disciple all these 20-something years, even as a student, as a resident at the University of Washington, or as a neurosurgeon. I'm still a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I set good example to all of you, so you can see that it's possible. Even with a busy man like me, with three kids, with patient to take care, with a lot of responsibility, but you can still live a disciple lifestyle. No matter where you are, you can be a housewife one day, you can be a businesswoman, maybe CEO of a big company, or you may be an artist or something, or musician. No matter where you are, or what kind of life you have, what kind of profession you have, you are all can be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Why not a lot of people want to be disciples? Because discipleship is costly. It's very costly. But it's so important. Because if you just help people to be born again and to be saved, you just have soul that, is, that are saved. But if you make disciples, those disciples will be reproducers. They will reproduce another disciple and reproduce more believers. So it will bring more impact to the world than just becoming a believer. A lot of Christians have no strength to do anything because they're just believers. 
but his disciple can shake the kingdom of darkness, can produce more, and that's what we want to do. I just mentioned to a few brothers and sisters that a group of people in another city invited me to go back there the second time, and I declined. I said, "No, I'm not going back." If you want to receive the fire of God, come to our camp. Fly here. I'm not gonna give up my time for New Hope International Church here on that Sunday, or give up my time for my family to go to somewhere that people just listen to good preaching, and then right after that, back to their normal life again. I want to make disciple. I want to put something into somebody, and that person carry the baton and move on. To impact other people, then the kingdom of God will expand. Jesus never promises us that when you become disciple, you're gonna walk on a bed of roses or you lie in a bed of roses and everything just so easy, happy, no problem. No, He already warned us that uh, discipleship is costly, very high price to pay. But thank God, on the other hand. He's such a good God. You never outgive God. Even though you pay, even though you sacrifice something, even though you have to give up a lot of things, in fact, your whole life, <laughs> you give up your whole life for God. You give up your dream for God. Give up your ways of doing things for the sake of God. But on the other hand, He will bless you back the blessing that you cannot even imagine. He can bless you above all you can ask and think of. So I want to encourage you. It sounds costly and it looks very scary and very uh, pricey in the human eyes, but in the long term, he will pay you back more than what you give to him anyway. But the decision you have to make is: I am willing to give my whole life to Jesus, and I will live my life fully. According to his standard, his way, he said, "Deny yourself, carry the cross, and follow me." Look at Luke chapter fourteen, verse twenty-seven. Luke chapter fourteen, verse twenty-seven. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus said that whoever does not bear the cross, his cross, your own cross. What does it mean? Cross. Is this something fun to carry? It's heavy. You know, the cross in his time is not like a nice, smooth piece of wood. You know, made by nice carpenter and very nice design and soft with a soft pad on it. It's the piece of wood that a lot of rough surface, very painful to carry and heavy as well, and. The Lord Jesus carried the cross to the dead place, the place that He's gonna die. So, talking about death, talking about suffering, talking about giving up something, effort. The cross for all of us means suffering, means giving up something, means die to our own dream, die to our own plans and purpose. I remember when I was a young man, my dream is to be a professor. In a big prestige university, and then I come into neurosurgery. So I want to write a lot of papers. I want to. I want to be very famous, that people look at me. You know, wow, great neurosurgeon. He do. He did research. He 
has done a lot of good things in medical field. That's my big dream. I want to be a professor, but I gave that up. I cannot do both. I cannot be both professor and be a pastor because both are very time-consuming. So I need to give up my dream to pastor the church. Amen. So we all carry the cross. We need to uh, suffer and die to something. You need to sometimes give up certain things that you dream of, you want to do, but you cannot anymore because God called you to do something else. So you need to give that up for God. Are you willing to do that? That's why not a lot of people want to be disciples. That's why it's hard to teach this kind of lesson on the pulpit on Sunday. Because I know that a lot of people cannot eat it, cannot digest and will walk away from the church. So we wait until they join this kind of class one day. <laughs> so we need to give the food to the right people. You know, Some people cannot eat meat. We need to give a little bit of meal first to let them come to know God. <laughs> this is meat eating, okay? Unfortunately, and the reality is that many Christians in the world have settled for a form of discipleship that bears little, little resemblance of what Jesus said in the Bible. So they really compromise the Word of God. They live a life below the standard that God wants them to do. And they try to follow examples that are not perfect. In fact, the best perfect example for all of us is not any man. That's Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Easy to remember. 1, 1, 1, 1. And put Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The Apostle Paul is a disciple of Jesus. And he said, follow me as long as I follow the example of Christ. So that should be our goal. Every one of us, if we want to be disciple of Jesus, we set the goal to follow example of Jesus Christ. You can follow my example as long as I follow Christ. Whenever I stop following Christ and I start to do my own things, you can stop following me because it's not good to follow a man who just does his own thing. We need to all follow Christ, the way of Christ. Amen? So, Jesus Christ himself already reminds us or foretells us that we need to count the cost before we become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in the Bible clearly, you count the cost. Before you make decision, sit down and count the cost. Actually, this should be applied to everything. Marriage. Before you get married, you need to sit down, think carefully. Is this gonna. <laughs> what kind of thing I have to pay for here? Everything you need to pay, something. You need to pay for something for something. You know, you cannot just have it free. So you need to sit down and count the cost. Let's look at certain scripture that Jesus talked about uh, counting the cost. For example, in Luke chapter 9, 57 to 62. Luke chapter 9, 57 to 62. Luke chapter 9, 57 to 62. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So you can see here that Jesus tried to tell these people that you need to give up your sometime family, time, your relationship, your um, plan of family. Maybe you have vacation, you need to give up vacation. Maybe you need to do that, you have to give up something in order to follow me. The application of what he say here to these people is that sometimes you need to give up something and God must come first. Jesus come first before anything else in your life. Jesus will come before anything. Okay? But, but don't take me wrong that it means that I need to divorce my wife in order to serve God. That is different issue. I need to still keep my family together. I and my wife need to still marry and serve God together. So my goal is to save marriage. It's not to destroy marriage because marriage is institution of God. Don't quote that, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to dump you. So I'm going <laughs> to go and serve God. No, it's, it's different to marriage. It's, it's a co- lifetime covenant. You need to serve God because you become one. When you get married, husband and wife become one. But will I give up some friendship with some people for serving God? Yes. If somebody will try to do something for me to stop serving God, I will give up. I will give up even my brother and sister from the same blood. I will give up if my brother and sister that come from the same family tell me not to do the will of God. I will say, I'm sorry. If you don't want to associate with me anymore, I will follow Jesus Christ. Amen. You give up anything for Jesus. But I'm not talking about husband and wife. You need to be together as one. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, I will read Mark 10, 29 to 31. Jesus answered and said, As surely I say to you, there is no one, this is a promise of God, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. So you can see that Jesus said he is more important than anything else. When he say wife, it doesn't mean divorce, but it means that you need to sit down and talk with your wife or your husband that, okay, we're going to choose this way. We have to go this way together and we need to deal with this. I cannot please you in order to compromise the things of God. Amen. In fact, when I started the church, my wife didn't know and she was shocked. I told her a day later that, oh, we're going to start a church. And she said, I never been told. How, what is going on here? I didn't plan to be a pastor wife. But thank God, Pastor Da yielded. She said, whatever God wants, I will go for it. I will support you. So thank God that at least she did not fight with me. But 
if she didn't agree, we need to really keep talking until the things resolve. We need to go together. But God's heart come first. God's plan come first before anything else. Amen. Counting the cost. You need to count the cost. Are you scared listening to this teaching? <laughs> okay. Actually, being a disciple costs us everything. Everything. It's, to be a disciple is not an optional extra of a Christian. But it should be Christian commitment for every believer. But I think people lack teaching in this area, so they don't know that they should be disciple. John chapter 13, verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. John 13, 13. Jesus said, I am your Lord. What does it mean, Lord? What does it mean? He is in control of you. He can tell you whatever he wants and you need to obey. In the old day, the king like Caesar or king of the country, whatever he say had to happen. That is Lord, you know, the king. So he is the Lord or the king of our life. We need to follow what he say exactly. Um, today, I have a chance to talk to a sister in the church about her friend who are undecided which church they're going to go. This church and that church. So I give counseling that why don't you go back to your friend and ask two questions. These two questions. Number one, what Jesus wants you to do? What church? That's it. The bottom line is not that that church is more beautiful. This church is less no nice building or whatever. All those factors are not important factors. The most important factor, what God tells you to do. You need to obey Him. That's it. That's why I never get mad at anybody who don't join this church. Because if God told them to go to another church, I'll still love you the same, but you need to obey the Lord. But if God tells you to join this church and you don't, you have problem with God. It's not my problem. It's you, your problem. You have problem with God. The second thing that I give counseling is that you are not making decision to follow God because you fear man or you fear God. In other words, no man in the world can force you not to obey God. You make your own decision to obey God because He is the Lord of your life. I come to the point of my life, you know, when I first became a pastor, Oh, I tell you, I have a lot of fear of man. I want to please everybody. When people threaten me something, I will be shaken and try to do things to please them and you know, do everything, try to please man. My preaching was weak at that time because I, I don't want to offend anybody. But after I was filled with the fire of God in 1997, I was changed. I don't fear man anymore. I am not going to manipulate anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. It's between them and God. I'm going to fear only God and the Lord is my, the Lord Jesus is my Lord. I will follow the Lord. That's it. No man can threaten me or manipulate me to do anything because my focus of my eyes are on the Lord, not on man anymore. In fact, uh, I just mentioned to our sister here a while ago that I come to the point of my life. Actually, I mentioned to my wife too this morning. We woke up and we talked about church and I say that I don't depend on man's love anymore. 
if people love me, it's a bonus. If they don't love me, it will not hurt me. I depend on God's love. My focus is on Jesus. So if people reject me, praise God, it's okay. It's not going to hurt me. My security is not in man, but in, it's in the Lord. If you can live like that, the Lord is the Lord of your life, you will be very happy. No manipulation. Have you ever seen me manipulate anyone in the church? I never manipulate you. Why? I'm not afraid. I don't need to manipulate you to be around me and like this church. No. I just follow the Lord. As I follow you, Lord, and you see me, you like me, you follow me, follow the Lord. I don't want to do anything to show that I fear anybody. It's security and it's freedom. When the Lord is the Lord of your life. Amen. True disciple also believe in the word and commit to the word. I don't know about all of you how you take serious about the word of God. Every time I listen to the sermon, I really like, yes, amen. I really take the word of God seriously because I'm a disciple. Whatever God say, yes. Whether I agree or not, maybe sometimes I don't agree because in one sense, my flesh may not agree with it, but my spirit need to agree. So you need to be that, that kind of disciple that I agree and I surrender to the word of God even though my flesh is fighting. I still need to obey and submit to the word of God. Amen. Being disciple also is not about half-heartedness. It's about full devotion. All of this year, for 20-something years, I and Da really fully devoted to the things of God, to the church, to his people. We never back down. We give 100% of our life to God the best we can. Don't give half of our heart. We give 100% of our life to God. God can tell us to do anything we will obey. Amen. Amen. So we should be that kind of people, that kind of Christian, that kind of disciple. Okay, let me conclude uh, this session with five characteristics of people who can be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Five characteristics. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. 2 Timothy 2, 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Your Bible says reliable men. Another version says faithful men. A disciple should be faithful people. You're faithful in what you're doing, in what you're called to do. Never quit. Never give up. You just keep doing it. Being faithful. Faithful to friends, faithful to God, faithful to the Word of God. Faithfulness is very important ingredient of walking as a disciple to the last day of your life. If you yo-yo up and down, you never stick to what you say, you say one thing, you mean another thing, you're not faithful people, you cannot be disciple of Jesus Christ. You need to really stick to your promise with God. Amen? Faithfulness. Amen. The second thing, in Matthew 6.33, everyone know this scripture. Matthew 6.33, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Second characteristic of discipleship, loving Jesus the most, Putting Him first in your life. Faithfulness, 
loving Him the most, putting Him first in your life. This is how I live. Every decision I make, I will ask myself: Will this decision make God happy? Is it biblical? Does it mean I put Jesus first? Does it mean I build the kingdom of God first? Every decision: How to buy the house, how to find a job, how I gonna spend my time, traveling. Like last night, I went home. I decided to go to bed right away because I want to be fresh today. Go to sleep last night it doesn't mean I'm lazy, but I want to be good today for the kingdom. Even sleep, I sleep for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything you do, you make it, how you spend money. Then you have limited amount of money. How are you going to spend it? You ask yourself the same question. Do I love Jesus and I spend that money for God? How I spend it? Each one of us may be different. You see, because we all have different ministry and different lifestyle. Uh, for me, maybe instead of spending time um, cutting the lawn myself as a doctor, I rather hire somebody to mow the lawn because I rather spend time in studying the Word of God and pray than mowing the lawn. But some of you may say, "I need to mow the lawn myself because so I can save that money to go to camp." So how you spend money? You need to figure it out. Do I love Jesus the most? Do I put the kingdom of God first? Second principle. The third principle. Philippians two thirteen say, Philippians two thirteen. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. So God work in you to do something for His good pleasure. In order to do the things for God, it means you need to sacrifice something. You think the your flesh will like to come to church on Sunday? No, I think your flesh tell you every Sunday morning sleep in a little bit longer. I have a lot of homeworks to do. Why just why, why do I need to wake up on Sunday? I just enjoy sleeping in. I want to do my homework. I want to do this and that. I want to play some computer games. Why I need to come to church? To come to church in the sense you deny yourself because your flesh doesn't like it. Your spirit needs it. Discipleship means willingness to give ourselves sacrificially to God. You. Willing to do things sacrificially, Amen. You say no to something for God. Maybe you have to say no to some food for God. Say no to smoke, to cigarette. You say no to certain kind of lifestyle for God. Give it up. I give up many kind of lifestyle. I don't want to do anymore because I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Even sacrifice your own desire, your own passion, your own. Uh, and the Bible used the word lust. Actually, people may misunderstand lust is not about only sex, but lust for something. You want, you know, something so badly. You need to sacrifice, give it up for God. Matthew five, verse six. Matthew five six. Number four. Matthew five six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
Not only that we are faithful, we love Jesus and putting Jesus first, the kingdom of God first. We're willing to give sacrificially, give up our own desire, our own life, our own energy for God. Number four, we need to be hungry people. If we feel full already by the things of the world, then we will not be able to follow Christ because you are filled with other things. Why a lot of American missionaries like to go to third world country to preach. Do you notice that a lot of American missionaries like to go to Africa, to South America and Asia? The reason because they don't have much over there. So they're really hungry for God's help. They will run to you. They will want the things from you because they don't have nice house, good social security system, nice paycheck. They don't have all the things that they can depend on. But why so difficult in the westernized, very civilized country to preach the gospel? Because people have everything. They have nice houses, security, insurance, pension plan. Everything is so secure, physically, naturally. They are not hungry for God anymore. So you guys in this room are peculiar <laughs> that you are hungry for God. Because you have so many, some of you are so smart, want to be a medical student, but you're still hungry for God, which is an unusual character of young people. Now people can play video game, have fun, go out, you, know, you have money, you have things to do, but you're still seeking God, hungry for the things of God. You need to stir yourself up all the days of your life. I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry. I'm still doing that every single day, especially for me because I have everything I, I want. I have a nice house, I have a good job, I have a nice family, I can go vacation, I can do anything I want. I can Tomorrow I can just buy the ticket and go to Disney World anytime <laughs> because I have money I can spend. But still, it doesn't matter what around me. No matter how much money I have, no matter how successful I am, I still need to go back to the basic that I am nothing. I can do all these things without Him. I need to be hungry for God and the things of God all the days of my life. Mm-hmm. Keep reminding yourself. Don't get into the trap of being lukewarm and kind of, oh, I'm fine now. I don't need the stuff, the thing, God stuff. I don't need it. I'm fine. Don't get into that mode of your life. Okay, It's mm-hmm. dangerous. Hungry all the time. And last one, number five, you need to be teachable people. God can teach you. God can correct you. You can learn from anybody. Like this morning, I listened to Jim High very carefully because I want to learn from him what, he, what his experience. You know, you can learn from even new believer. If they say something, oh yeah, God talk to me through you. You need to be that kind of type of person. Never think that you know enough or never think that I already know this. I listened to this sermon about five times already. No, no. Even the sixth time they talk the same thing, it's still good for you. Because the more you hear, the more faith you have anyway. Like I mentioned to you a while ago, the most difficult thing in Christian life is not that God cannot help you. It's about having faith enough for God to help you. Because it's about faith. Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. The problem is that we don't get a lot of things from God because we don't have enough faith. So the more you hear, even the same subject, like the file of God, you have CD, you listen one time, believe me, I can guarantee if you listen the second time, it will be different. (laughs) You're going to get deeper. (laughs) We know. 
You know, <laughs> I'm serious. Everything you hear the third time, fourth time, so be teachable. Even simple teaching, still yes. Eat it, take it. You know, don't don't be so stuck up and prideful that yeah, you know, this is simple. I I don't need this anymore. I need something too sophisticated, deep theology. You know, I don't care. I just want God to tell tell, tell me, teach me anything He wants, because He know the best what I need now than anyone else. Amen. Faithfulness, loving Jesus the most, putting Him first, willing to give of ourselves sacrificially anything. Spiritual hunger and teachable. Attitude and check your temperature. Have the spiritual thermometer. Check yourself. Are you faithful? Are you hungry for God? Are you teachable? Are you willing to give up things for God? If you can maintain these five ways of life or five attitudes, you will be disciple to the last day and never give up, never quit. So. This is what I like to share today. And next time we will learn more about discipleship. I mean, ask some question next time, and then we will learn subject by subjects. Uh, I give you example what we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn what is sin, repentance, the blood of Jesus Christ, faith for salvation, who we are in Christ. That's a good one. We need to know who we are in Christ. Forgiveness and clear conscience, adoption as sons. The fatherhood of God, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're gonna learn all these things in detail one by one, so we can be equipped and ready to do the work of God. So both of you are disciple, but I notice God really take care of you. You never lack anything, and you're happy. <laughs> huh? Are you happy? happy. <laughs> Yes. In fact, I want to encourage you that last thing I want to say, it sounds like paradoxical. It sounds like, wow, this is bad deal. I need to give up. I need to do all these things. No way. Pass allow. But in fact, when you can do that, you're going to be the most happiest man and woman in the world. You are carefree. You're just happy. You just know that you are living in the middle part of the palm of God, mm-hmm. and God would perform miracle for you. God would show you things. An exciting journey. It's fun. It's a journey that most people in the world will never experience. You wake up every morning. You can smile and happy. And I want to encourage you that living a life according to the pattern of God is the best thing in the world. I know that it's not logical in the intellectual mind. But God's way are better than our ways. So do it, and you will be very happy people. And I prove it already. I and my wife are very happy. We serve God. We are happy. We, I believe if I'm a professor right now somewhere, making money, getting prestige, I would not be happy like today. My family may be broken by now. We, we may be divorced by now. My kids may be somewhere in drugs in something. But we are happy having a happy family because. We decide to follow Christ and serve Him. Amen. Amen. Why don't we pray? Close in prayer. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, just thank you, Lord God, for this lesson, Lord. Father, we uh, we praise you, Lord God, for the the pastor, Lord God, and and the lesson that he taught us, Lord God, in, in how to become um, an effective uh, disciple, Lord God, teaching us about the characteristics of an effective di- disciple, oh Lord. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will bless every single person in this room, Lord. Lord, that they will abide in your word, Lord God, as they walk each day um, through your word, Lord. And Father, they will um, develop the boldness, Lord God, to mm-hmm. to reach out to others, oh Lord. And, and so that we can uh, expand your kingdom, Lord God. And, and we know, Lord God, that you deserve all the glory, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much.